What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. Do you remember last summer? Bits and pieces. Okay. (laughs) So do you do you remember um, we went to go get ice cream and um, fat straw? (laughs) I told you I had a fat straw. Uh, do you remember when I went to we went to go get ice cream and um, we were kind of just waiting in line and I was I think I was joking and I said something like Ooh, look they've got gluten free waffle cones and you said you looked at me and you went gluten is not your problem <laughs> yeah what did you mean by that what was the uh, well okay again that was a year ago I don't think that was directed just at you no it was at the world is having this issue with gluten and gluten has become this demon and you have these horrible people coming into nice establishments with nice people trying to have a nice time and they're just oh no you know it's like they don't actually have a gluten they've they've created the gluten intolerance which has been disproven as a thing it's not really medically there's no medical intolerance of gluten it's just some idiot decided that they don't have celiac disease, but they 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 like the persnickety behavior of making people jump through hoops to get their stuff, and um, that's what I meant. It's that gluten is not these people's problem. What do you think their problem is? Uh, they've been pandered and catered to too long. We were we were talking about that too. It it doesn't seem like anybody. You it used to be you went to a restaurant because of a certain way they did things. Mm-hmm. And now everybody... Yeah, like when you come home for dinner and you say, Mom, what's for dinner? And she says, this is what I'm making for dinner. And that's what you have for dinner. And if you don't want what Mom has made for dinner, you don't get dinner. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. You're having spaghetti. And that's it. Or tacos or lasagna or meatloaf or whatever the hell it is. And you go to a restaurant. You go to an Italian restaurant. It's like, what do you... Hey, Johnny, you're you're hungry. Should we go out to eat? What What do you feel like? You want an Italian food? You want Mexican food? Or they got that crazy, what was it called, the, the Purple Spot in Seattle. Remember that place? The Purple Spot? Or the Purple Polka Dot or the Purple, it was like, oh, it was kind of near Ojemaya. Their menu was like enormous. They had waffles and sundaes and spaghetti and Are you talking Chinese about food. 13 they, coins? No, no, that's no, no, not. no, no, no. This was, I mean, kind of like that, but... I mean, this was like a diner. Like, you walk in, and it was kind of like Kid Valley, where everything was purple and yellow. It was all stuck at, like, really weird, kind of clean, but cartoonish. Mm-hmm. And there was just, it was right in the International District. It was like, I mean, yeah, we were the only Caucasians in there. And it was open till, you know, two in the morning. And there was usually, like, a whole bunch of Asian kids, like, with their laptops doing homework. Mm-hmm. And they would all be having different, they had whatever they want. It was like, it was, yeah, anything you wanted to eat. It had this enormous menu. And it was kind of like, um, like all, a lot of these diners, like the the five spot, you know, or the the five point cafe, you know, in Seattle, mm-hmm. also enormous menu. And Josh, who worked there, Yoshi, it's like there, yeah, it's like you order something weird that nobody's ordering a lot of, and it is bad. Your mashed potatoes are a little turned because 
they have a 13 page menu you know and it's like and 17 seats at the bar it's like it's not a huge place but it's like yeah you can have meatloaf or you can have fried chicken but when's the last time anybody's ordered that fried chicken and is it really a good idea so the idea of like having a smaller selection of like oh these are all fresh vegetables and we're just gonna have mexican food today or it's just gonna be french cuisine or american regional french infusion or whatever the hell you want to call it and then people come in our guests you know come in and they're like Oh, but I just want spaghetti. Don't you have spaghetti and meatballs? Like, well, no. I mean, we don't. Like, can I have a jalapeno? It's like, well, I'm sorry. This is a French fit. Like, I don't have jalapenos. Like, it's not. I don't. Well, this is a big hotel. It's like, yes, but we're not making all the food for the entire world here. Like, we just don't have every single ingredient in the entire world available to us. And people want that. And they want that. They want it now. They want it. So how do you how do you even deal with people? politely and kindly yes you just <laughs> smile at them and you say i mean absolutely miss i mean i can provide you with a list of all the things we don't have if you like mm-hmm. i mean i don't have you know i don't have any penny loafers for sale either i don't have you know i don't have spaghetti i don't have cars i don't have there's no windex back here like there's of all the substances you know the unfathomable universe that we live in i don't have any uranium i don't have yeah there's no camel meat it's I mean, almost like, as if, like, if you had, like, a piece of paper with a list of everything that you did have to offer, you could give them to read. What would we call something like that, though? <laughs> hmm. A mignette. Uh, no? <laughs> no, that sounds weird. It's like maybe, a French word, I feel like. How do you feel about people who won't read the menu? I mean, I don't understand. I, I mean, worry that they can't read sometimes. Like, like there's always, like, that... that, that TV special about the football player who never learned to read and he just kind of fakes it or like they hand him stuff and he just like throws it back at them and says oh uh, just give me a soda you know mm-hmm. whatever because I think he, I've, I saw that never show really too. learned to read you know mm-hmm. like maybe that's what's wrong and I don't want to call him out like this maybe this old woman with her kids really just never learned to read maybe she's just maybe she's not being a complete jerk maybe she's just mm-hmm. but I mean you would you enjoy Waiting on people sometimes. I mean, there's a... Most there's a, of the time, the majority of the people that I deal with come to me to have a good time. And I'm hosting the greatest party, the one, most wonderful afternoon anybody could enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I have all these lovely things. You go to somebody's house and it's like, oh, I've made you these hors d'oeuvres and I made you these things. You don't say, but I want these things that aren't available. Mm-hmm. You don't say, oh, you're hosting this great party and I'm very happy to be here. I'm going to take my shoes off and put them on your table and I'm going to ask you to make me spaghetti even though you don't have any and I'm going to ask you for drinks that you don't have. You don't you'd, do be asked, you'd be asked to leave that house. You'd be like, well, you're not a friend of mine and I don't have any of those things so maybe you should just go. And now people are... Yes, you say, pardon me, sir, you need to put your shoes on or you're going to have to leave. Yeah. That's a rule that we have. People, and now people are empowered with things like Yelp. And yeah. This bastard made me put on my shoes, or this bastard refused to serve me. How do you, I mean, do you feel like Yelp is ever a helpful tool? Does it ever show, does it ever show that there may be a problem, even if it's, even if it's overblown or hyperbolized or? No. No, I think it has no use at all. I think it's offensive. I think if somebody genuinely wanted to have a good time and they were prevented from having a good time, they would speak to the management or they would talk to somebody and say, hey, like I've been waiting 25 minutes. What's going on with my food? And somebody would say, I know. I'm really sorry. When your food does come, 
you're not going to pay for it or I'll get you some ice cream. Like I'm going to make it up to you because mm-hmm. I want you to have a good time. And I don't make a living selling you things and then you know like taking your money and not delivering on that promise. Then nobody, nobody is in the business to do that. So I think it's created a culture of people who get to have things for free. And it annoys the rest of the guests. Like they're all sitting at the bar and they're all sitting in the restaurant. They've ordered the same things. This woman ordered the Brussels sprouts and she enjoyed them. She's eating them and this other woman got her Brussels sprouts and she was just like, ugh, they're, they're not – it says crispy Brussels sprouts because they're they're fried. They're not actually like breaded and crunchy. I mean mm-hmm. crispy and crunchy. I mean like so maybe she just misunderstood. But she ate almost – she ate over half of them and drank her drink and then sent them back. It was like this is not what I no, – it's like no, I didn't enjoy them and I want them for free. And, and then the woman who's next to her is like, well, she ate – you know, after the manager comes out and comps her little meal and sends her on her merry way with – you know, nary a C note in her pocket. Is the other woman is like, wait, so she ate all of that? Like, what is this? What does that mean for everybody else? Like, do we all have to pay for everything? Wasn't everything just free for all of us? I had to walk to work. Nobody carried me. Should I have to pay for my hamburger today? I'm angry about having to walk to work today. So you think people just take? They have whatever yeah. issues are they from outside and they bring them into Certain the restaurant people do. yeah not everybody no obviously society keeps going we still are able to pay for gas and things and you know the infrastructure of our world is still plugging right along so there are more good people than there are bad people but i think that there are a lot of bad people that ruin it for everybody mm-hmm. and it didn't always used to be this way no i mean you've worked in restaurants a long time yes people used to be thrown out I would. Have, I worked at this place where somebody would. It was. A, I can't remember. It was Julia Child. Or I can't. I don't remember who wrote it. There was some culinarian author, somebody who wrote um, that there was a war going on in the world between the front of the house, or not the front of the house, the uh, the guests who come into the restaurant and the back of the house, the cooks, and it's the waiter's job to make sure neither one of them ever finds out about it. You and told I, me that a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, and I found this thing when I was waiting tables at this place, and the guest would say, my rice is cold. And so I'd say, oh, I'm terribly sorry, and I would take it back to the chef, who would knock the plate out of my hand and say, that rice isn't goddamn cold. And I'm like, oh, what do you want to do about it, buddy? Like, you want to go argue? He's like, yeah, what table is it? He gets like so, and this was, he owned the restaurant, and like, so there was no middle management between the owner and the guest. It was just like, which is a terrible, owners should never be involved with the guest. They should never be anywhere near the people. That's why you have managers and good, nice bartenders to keep everyone safe from ownership. But anyway, this guy would go out to tables and scream at people and throw them out of the restaurant. But was the rice cold? I don't think so. But I don't think it's really the point. <laughs> like, I mean, the rice was it was steaming hot, and mm-hmm. he kept the plates like in an oven. The, the mm-hmm. plate would burn my hand. Like every component of the the rice's journey was hot. And maybe they just left for a, maybe they'd go and smoke. It's like, oh, my food's here. I'm gonna go and smoke, and then come back to their cold food. Mm-hmm. That happened just the other night. And granted, these women, these three women are sitting at the bar, and they sat there. Their food was like 35 minutes because the, the cooks lost their ticket. And so we've apologized. We bought them rounds and all this stuff. Their food finally came out. We put it in front of them. I'm like, terribly sorry for the wait, ladies. And they're like, oh, this looks wonderful. We're going to go smoke. And they got up, and they left. They were gone for another 20 minutes. And they came back and ate their cold food. And they didn't complain about it because obviously, but, mm-hmm. but I was ready for it. I was just like, what are we doing? Like, 
should we take them back to the warmer or like when how long are these women going to be gone even in the warmer the yeah they're all, are going to get floppy and... yeah they're already angry that the food took this long but now they're choosing to leave cuz now they're not you know they've had so much alcohol in the system they're not even really hungry anymore so there's you know they're just kind of going to wander away and smoke their cigarettes and then come back to cold food and but they didn't complain and they actually you know i mean that's that's part of what we do too is i mean managers comp that's what they do. They come out and they see a problem and they comp everything. What I do is I see a problem and I, I make it better and I explain why the things have gone awry and I, I, I entertain them. I tell them jokes or whatever it is and I, I, I identify with them. And so when they look at me, they're like, "Yeah, it's not your fault that this went wrong. It's it is t- it does taste great, you know. Once we finally fixed it all, and you know, I I only plan on being here for forty five minutes, but I've been here for an hour now. But I've had such a lovely time and you." You know, you made me these wonderful drinks, and they're happy, and they're happy to pay for the things. And they'll, they'll actually, I've had several guests actually pay for all of their stuff, and then leave, and my manager came in and comped their tab, including the tip. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? They're, they're happy. Like, they left happy. They like me, they like the place, they like everything. He's like, well, no, it's just a call that I'm making. It's like, yeah, but that's $20 out of my pocket that you're making a call. Like the you're like, what is? How that? do you how do you feel about management? I think, I think they're a lot like the guests. They can, there's good ones and there's bad ones, and there's a lot of them that just need to be asked to leave. <laughs> so dietary restrictions. There's a lot of people are gluten free. Sure. I mean, people are vegetarians. That's sure. that's that's a pretty normal one these days, right? And that's somewhat. Yeah, and I used to be really against it, but um. I mean, I get it. There's there's religious reasons, which I don't, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. but whatever the issue is, if you shouldn't have to eat what you don't want to eat. You know, nobody can make you eat. But if I've made a sauce and it already has animal, animal components in it, it's going to taste the way it tastes because of those animal components. And I've already made it. To come in and ask me to remake the whole thing, like start from scratch, do it again, but without the animal product... Well, a you're making you're asking me to make something that I don't know what that's going to taste like because it's going to be different, mm-hmm. um, and I don't really have the time to deal with any of that. How about you just order something else, you know, that you, does fit with you? Well, and that that sauce that you made originally took six hours this morning, right, right. to simmer right. down and all that stuff. Exactly. And so you don't know how and it's going to taste. You could do something with mushrooms and other, mm-hmm. you, know, you make a veggie stock kind of thing, but it's not going to have the same richness or qualities of the of the meat components. But you, I mean, there are ways to do very very delicious vegetarian food. But I think the best. Well, what about what about like um, we talk, We were talking earlier about nut milks because mm-hmm. you said uh, I came in and I, we were talking about milk and um, I said I was throwing away my bad milk and you yes. said, "Oh, you still drink milk? What are still- you, sixty-five years old?" <laughs> yeah, well, it's two thousand nineteen, <laughs> and you're not on the nut milk bandwagon, right? You're not no. a fan of nut milk. I'm not. Have you ever had it? Have you ever put almond milk in your mouth? Yeah, I is have it, some in the fridge. Is it the Do same? No, it's not the it's same. It's not the same. So so then, so then, having something different, that's fine. Yeah. Yes, chocolate milk is different than regular milk, of course. Um, and strawberries are different than bananas. So yeah, if you want to put different things in your mouth, but don't don't tell me that it's the same. Like, oh, it's just, oh, it's just crazy. It's like, no, it's not the fucking same. It's completely different products and substances. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I don't... I'm not contending that I personally am not contending that almond milk or coconut milk 
There is a restaurant in Seattle. Okay, now, mm-hmm. lots of restaurants in Seattle. I'm probably going to come back to those a lot. But it's called In the Bowl, where they have meat things on their menu that are not meat. They're soy protein. Mm-hmm. You have like they have a spicy duck that they do. It's all soy protein, and you cannot tell that it's not duck. So if you're a meat eater and you want to have that experience, and you're dining with a vegetarian, or you just maybe you get sick of the idea of hurting little baby animals or whatever whatever it is that makes you want to go vegetarian, you can do that. And a lot of places have completely failed. And I hear a lot of horror stories about the the dairy industry, sure, but at the same time, if I want a latte, I'm not going to be tricked by almond milk into thinking that I'm drinking milk. It's not the same. The mouthfeel, the texture, the flavor. Yeah. It's repulsive. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. And you don't like yogurt either. No. What's this thing with you and yogurt and bananas? I can't. Uh, if anything, has it has a lot of flavor but no real texture. If I can't bite into it, it hits a gag reflex in me. And I can't. I can't eat it. I can't keep it in my mouth. Like like puddings and things, like when I eat them, you know, it goes in and you just swallow it right away. Like I'm not rolling around in my mouth waiting for it to gag me. But bananas, like you get this thing in there, you have to try and chew it, but there's nothing really. You're just creating this paste. And yeah, I, I choked one down a couple years ago. You had a banana a couple years ago? Yeah. Well, because these girls didn't, I was hanging out with these friends of mine and they didn't mm-hmm. believe that it was really as bad as it was. And so they made me eat a banana in front of them and... It was delightful for them. They thought it was hilarious. I would never do that. I wouldn't ask you to do that. I know. You probably I don't. You would. But yeah. No, I don't want to see. I don't want to <laughs> well, take the now. chance that you're going to bark. Years ago, yes, probably. possibly. <laughs> You've um, grown up. But no, I don't really do yogurt either. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great point that nut milk is just not the same thing. It's not the same beverage. It yeah. doesn't. I'm not trying to calling it milk is disingenuous. Just give a combo juice. Why can't it just be almond, almond juice? juice? <laughs> I suppose cashew juice, cashew juice, isn't coconut. it the juice? Well, co- I feel like coconut milk because has some more because it's opaque some... and white. Yeah, so I think it's that's probably why component milky. Yeah, okay, fine. I mean, we'll give it. Well, some places I've seen where they they spell it M Y L K. See, that's better. Like they have <laughs> you to do like that. that. Well, yeah. Well, like they have to do that with meat for like like um was that Domino's had to start saying like wings with a Y because they're they couldn't actually. They weren't actually using chicken wing meat. It was just like other parts of the chicken to Yeesh. fabricate chicken wing, mm-hmm. wang. Whatever. So they were like they were like like so they had to legally nuggets spell, or yeah, something. They had to legally spell it differently because it wasn't a wing. And I mean, I feel like yeah, like like um, one of my um, old mentors was explaining like I used the term wooden in a, in a drawing. It was like like wooden paneled. He's like no no, it's they're wood paneled. If you use wooden, it implies that it's not really wood, that it's like a wooden substance, like it's a substance akin to mm-hmm. wood, but it's not. And what, you know, people are paying, you know, $10,000 to remodel their kitchen, it should be wood. Oak Got it. is wood. It is not wooden. Words are very important yeah. when you're describing food. Right. Or it's similar, yeah. So like interior design. So maybe if you're saying if it's almond milk, but it's not really milk, yeah, spell it with a Y or or call mm-hmm. it milkin or Milk, you know, milkish. Milkish. Milk-esque. I think that's a that's a Yiddish word. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, there's the milkish plate and there's like the meat plate. Like I'm not sure what the um, Danny could probably tell you, but you can't like it plates you never use mi- for mix. dairy. No, you it's can't not mix kosher. With meat. It's yeah. not kosher. Yes. So there's the milkish, which right. is the dairy plates versus uh, the meat plates. Okay, that makes and like sense. if you cross contaminate, I don't know. I think you have yeah. to take the plates and the, bury them the, in the yard the, or something. something about the mother and like you can't eat the mother with their children at the same time or something. Maybe. Like, yeah, that's I don't know the whole 
whatever. Not, um, I guess they don't do that with their hands. But the other thing, do you remember when I took you to get the Impossible Burger? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty awful. <laughs> you didn't like it? It was impossible to eat. <laughs> that was pretty clever of them. Uh, I enjoyed it. You didn't feel like it. It was nothing like meat. It did not trick me into believing that it was meat. I've had better. Um, I've had a Boca Burger, which was better. The People's Pub had that. They would do that. Uh, was it the sunflower burger mm-hmm. with the bacon and cheese on it? Mm-hmm. Things amazing. So I mean, they're, so they're making this meat in labs now, don't you think that there's some value That's to? That's pretty cool. I mean, they're making the yeah. what they're calling clean meat. So right, they're just growing it from like stem cells or something. Yeah, so it's beef, but like from a plant, like they're growing or something. It. Like, yeah, yeah, they're I culturing don't know. it. It's like yeah, they're growing livers and hearts mm-hmm. and things. Like I mean. I think the the technology started for organs to keep us alive longer, so we can not eat cheeseburgers. More, well, so we can eat more cheeseburgers <laughs> and live longer, and then just trade out our heart when it's done. Just to have, mm-hmm. oh, I've I've got three growing in the refrigerator right now. It's fine, honey. Grab my my heart, my heart from the <laughs> from the crisper. That's right. That's funny. But no, then they're like, oh, well, if we can do this for humans and like culture organs for us, well, why don't we just grow organ meats to eat? Yeah, they're not calling it lab meat. I think they're they're that's not calling sell. it no. <laughs> that's a terrible. I think they're calling it clean meat. Yeah, clean yeah. meat. And I'm behind it 100. percent You could because um, these nutrients and pro- proteins are, are important, um, and especially you know. And I get myself into trouble talking about you know aliens and space time travel and all that kind of fun stuff. My friends mm-hmm. get angry with me for talking about. But when it gets to the point where we are ready to go on a long journey. Tang and freeze-dried ice cream are not going to get us there. You know, our little space boys are going to need to have a cheeseburger on their way to Jupiter. You know, like, this is going to happen. We're going to need to eat stuff. And we're going to need protein. I mean, yeah, those protein shakes, I mean, these guys can only stay up there for so long because without the gravity, because, you know, the muscle atrophy and, like, all they have to exercise. There's, like, a whole laundry list of things that the human body is experiencing on the daily on planet Earth that are, you know taken for granted when you remove somebody put them in a space capsule out there the air is too clean you know what i mean like they're drinking they're breathing pure oxygen like that's you can't do that you can't just keep doing that no that's that's crazy so we're gonna have to get some plants involved we're gonna have to have some kind of artificial gravity to keep the dirt from getting into the machinery you know from the plants you know why they they have to use pens the because the graphite from the pencils was getting into the they were like using pencils in space, and it was right? getting and the into the cracks. The dust was getting into the computers and frying them. So it's like can't have any dust, and yeah, if it won't a stay, lot of, yeah. And you have you know, so yeah, protein hamburgers. You know, yeah, we're gonna have to get. They're gonna have to have a cheeseburger. You can't just give a guy a protein milkshakes for four year travel and expect him to come back a sane, good, well adjusted person. You know, <clears throat> talk to the guys who you know the the the. The POWs, you know, were like locked in cages for, you know, five years after the Vietnam War was even over. And yeah, human, need- human beings need a lot of attention and more than just what you think sometimes. And protein's important. Hamburgers are Nobody important. ever. So, like, we went to dinner and I was eating kind of vegetarian, and that's just, I'm not like strict about it or anything, but it's just easier. But everybody always wants to know if I'm getting enough protein. How come they're not concerned about anything else? I feel like this is some sort of like thing that meat eaters say to to kind of because maybe they feel a certain way or they feel I feel like there's resentment that builds up in them. It's our grandparents' fault. 
Okay. So many, many, many years ago, there was this thing called the Depression where people weren't, there was rationing of meats and, mm-hmm. and chocolates and things, and we didn't have. So, like, um, like, my grandmother was friends with friends who, like, had a butcher shop, and I'm pretty, well, they're dead, so I don't even know if, the, I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations on stealing um, uh, coupons for, you know, for meat in the in the 30s is probably, it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to come after I us? Think, no, that's almost um, 100 years. But, yeah, so she would get extra coupons from people who didn't have children so that she could get extra rations of, of meat for my dad. Mm-hmm. And because people were getting malnourished. And so there's this whole idea of nourishment and, yeah, there's fat. There's not just protein. There's fat in the meat that keeps well, yeah. that keeps you going. and you, It allows you to expend the energy to, to, to work and to, to survive and be a good, strong, big caveman so you can procreate and make money and provide for the people around you. This is an interesting world where cavemen are making money. But I, I understand. Well, we are. No, I understand. It's just always funny to me. Like, you're getting enough protein? And, like, nobody wants to know about my vitamin A or my zinc. Right. Or... Well, I, I mean, those were issues, too. But, I mean, vi- the idea of vitamins didn't even come out till the 60s. Like, so. And vitamins are it's kind a made of up, a... Yeah, it's a made-up word. They're kind of a scam, right? Well, it's not a scam. It's just they don't really know. I mean, they've classified these... These molecular supplements, cons, or? Con, well, these little molecules formed you know, to to make vitamin E, vitamin E, vitamin A, B, C, you know, B twelve, riboflavin, whatever the hell they've they've identified these these molecules, these these little these little things, and yeah, they've they've found that if you don't get enough vitamin C, then you know, scurvy and all these things will happen to you. So they they're like, okay, so we're going to classify this as a vitamin, okay, and and this is going to be a mineral. And some minerals are vitamins, some vitamins are minerals, and you just need to make sure you're getting your vitamins and your minerals, John. Right. <laughs> Everyone knows that. But that that was like, that was, yeah, that's food, you know, was it the four basic food groups? And that whole thing is kind of, I've heard, that it's like a... That was the 60s and 70s. But then we had the food pyramid. Which was a scam by the, by the grain and dairy consortiums, right? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, the USDA has been trying to keep us all alive and safe for a long time. You know, and they're doing their best, but yeah, probably you know, big grain might have, yes. gotten, might have gotten into uh, Uncle Sam's ear I, a little maybe. bit. Maybe and I don't know. I mean, that's a long time big ago. Milk, the milk industry, you know, what about big tobacco? Why? How do they? They've got a lot of resources. How's big tobacco not on the food pyramid? That's true. How come? <laughs> how come people don't cook with tobacco? Have you ever? Have you ever? Because you would die. Yeah, you can't. There's. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's the tobacco itself. I mean, you you do. There's tobacco tinctures and things that you know you can. A lot of bartenders use that kind of funny stuff. I don't think it'll. No, there is some recipes you you wrap things in tobacco leaves. Maybe like a dolma instead of a grape leaf, or maybe. I mean, I know that they add the nicotine later, mm-hmm. but it does have some nicotine in it already. And I've heard again, this might have just been on the playground in third grade. Right. But if you take a cigarette butt. From somebody who smoked a cigarette, like a used cigarette butt, and you put it into a pint of water, like clean water, and you soak it for a day. And if you make a non-smoker drink that water, they'll die. Now, I don't know <laughs> if this is true. I don't know how true any of that is. <clears throat> would that you? Just, would you drink that water? I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't drink it anyway. I mean, no, no. I mean, you'd have to trick them. I think you. They wouldn't. It wouldn't just be. How like, would you get through a whole I glass? You, yeah. I mean, you just here's some murky water, or you know make some iced tea in it or something i don't know how do they how do people get poisoned in the movies i don't know you just sneak, it, know. sneak it in there but so that being said is there enough tobacco in a tobacco leaf to kill somebody who doesn't smoke 
in like a raw tobacco leaf. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Like yeah, you you roll a steak, like maybe you wrap like a fillet in in tobacco leaf and then bake it. And you probably wouldn't even eat the tobacco leaf. It'd be more of a no, flavoring. No, you take it off. Herb, yeah, it'd be a right? flavoring. But but whatever's in there is gonna get in there. And I don't know how poisonous that would be. Or I don't know. And for a smoker, probably it'd be fine. Maybe it'd just make you sick a little bit. But <laughs> it's probably it's not a good idea, regardless. No. Otherwise, somebody would already be doing it. Fair enough. Um. But yeah, I don't. I just. I just. It's hard with restaurants because everybody you want to please people, but. People don't always want to be pleased. You want to please the people that want to be pleased. The yeah. people who come in with the, the intention of having a bad time are going to have a bad time. They're going to complain and they're going to be the worst. They're mm-hmm. looking for problems. And they're fi- they'll find them. Yeah. What do you look for when you go out to dinner? <sighs> or do you do you have any dietary restrictions of your own? Do you I have some issues, but I usually, I mean, I was raised where you you eat what's presented to you. If you're a guest in somebody's house, and I've been a guest in some really horrible houses. Not, I mean, like, not, and that's that's completely impolite to say. But no, I've had dinner at people's houses where I knew they're not a good cook, and mm-hmm. I know that they like to try. I had a girlfriend for many years who was the worst, and she would do these horrible things to these pieces of meat. She'd be like, "Oh no, it's my it's my famous uh, you know dish that I make," and I'm not going to say any more than that because I don't. Okay. Want we don't. No. 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 But no. No. I don't. It's just like yeah, you choke this stuff down and you just tell them how wonderful it is and I mean because I'm not a culinary school teacher. I'm not here to like you know you present me with a meal and then it's like well how was it? I'm not going to say okay so here's where we went wrong. <laughs> you know, and, like I can see that marinating this thing for seven days was maybe excessive and maybe you just dial back on the salt. Um, are you tasting things as you go? You know, like maybe we should. You know, have you ever thought about doing a culinary uh, class? No, nobody would enjoy that. No, would no. you? No. <laughs> I mean, I would enjoy it on some weird, sick level. But... Well, what did you say to me that one time? You came over here, and my girlfriend and I we came over for dinner. I don't know if it was any special occasion. I think it was over just... here or at my house. I think over here, uh-huh. and she had cooked these duck breasts, yeah, and. She had said, um, well, we're going to cook them medium rare. And she said, is it cooked to your, or how do you like your, your duck cooked? Uh-huh. Or do you like your duck breast cooked? You said, what did you say? Something like, as the host presented it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You said like, I like it as it's been given to me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of a non-answer. I mean, I know you're being polite, but, and right. it was delicious. I mean, we enjoyed it very much. You ate your whole plate, but... Well, I mean, I'm not implying that you didn't enjoy it. So here's here's my issue with that. Yes. So <laughs> you've you've cooked poultry, fowl, mm-hmm. right? This is a duck, mm-hmm. right? Which fits in with chicken and all of these other things. Does well, it? They're the it's... same. Well, they're in the same genus, species, mm-hmm. family. Like they're yes, they're birds. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're fowl. And in my in my life, in my area of non expertise, in my my experience, my understanding of of birds is that you have to cook them to a certain temperature for them to be safe to eat. And if my host is asking me if that's a negotiable um, range of, of temperatures, mm-hmm. then I'm already scared to death. And I will just choke <laughs> down whatever it is and maybe have some lemon juice and liquor when I get home and hopefully I won't die from the raw chicken. You didn't die and I don't think that no, was I didn't. raw. And I, and I don't it, think it yeah. was either. But so, so the question itself worried me to the point okay. where their, their non-answer was the only answer I was capable of giving It you. was just a great answer. <laughs> well, it was, it was the only one available to you me. You said, sorry. as the host 
As it's presented, as, as the presented? host presents it. Yes. I don't know. But as was, the host has cooked it. I mean, as the mm-hmm. however, like however that. you've cooked it, I'm sure is fine. Yeah, I'm sure it's lovely because you're not going to present me with. We're all eating the same thing. We're yeah, not. You're not going to give me like undercooked meat that's going to make it unsafe. Yeah, I was trusting that you're not going to poison me no. to death. No, and we we wanted everybody to enjoy themselves. So. Right. Yeah. How do I like my deck breast cooked? I liked it. I like it cooked. I guess the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. How do I like it cooked? I like it cooked. Yes. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> and one last thing I wanted to ask you is, um, you have a very specific way you go about judging a hamburger at a place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, if I wanted you to talk about that, do you, I mean, we're, we go and get a hamburger and there's like Swiss and bacon and mushrooms and mm-hmm. there's all these different burgers and you were sure. very much like, you have to get it. Well, they have all, yeah, plain. do all your weird things that you want to do, but have, yeah, have all, have all the weird, crazy hamburger options you want. But I feel like a hamburger, like a pizza, like a taco, once, once you, you could, there's only so much you can do to a taco to make it not a taco anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it has to have what? It has to have the tortilla, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to say, I'm going to make you a bread taco, then it's like, well, it's not really a taco. That's just kind of a weird sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to have that argument with somebody or are you just going to simply eat their weird bread oh. taco? So a hamburger, to me, has, has to have hamburger meat. I feel that that's important. Yes. Bread, bread on both sides, top and bottom. Open-faced hamburgers are a thing, too, sure. But no. do I call it a hamburger? No, I call no. it an open-faced hamburger. It has another name. Yes. It has a Y in it, right? Open-faced sandwich at that point, even if it was a hamburger meat, but yeah. Right. And, I mean, the classic hamburger, when you... Okay, how about this? When you... If you are going to convey something, like hamburger, mm-hmm. to someone, you have to draw a picture of it. What is going to be on that picture? You're going to have a rounded top bun, possibly some sesame seeds we don't really know, some tomato, some lettuce... The meat, maybe some cheese or bacon poking out of there, mm-hmm. and then maybe a little sauce on the bottom and the bottom bun, and that will be the end of it. So you're if saying you that the them a picture, universal... If you, yes. If you show a weird Japanese guy who just got off the off, off a plane or a boat or whatever a picture of some crazy sandwich this tall with like a duck egg hanging off of it and like some kind of weird cheeses and maybe like a, a turkey leg hanging out the end of it and ask him, like, do you want, do you know what this is? He's gonna look at you like you, yeah, like you just showed him a, a burger with a chicken leg hanging out of it. Like, like nobody knows what the hell that means. A hamburger is a very specific thing. Bread, meat, usually lettuce, tomato, cheese. Yeah, bacon is an option. And yeah, so if you want to have some crazy like sautéed mushrooms or avocado or you know whatever delicious things you want to mm-hmm. put on there, then go ahead and do that. But. Don't call it a hamburger. I mean, well, just make sure that if you're providing people with hamburgers, make sure to have a hamburger available. Standard, plain. Standard, yeah, just a plain standard that's hamburger. A, that's the way that you you gauge a place's that's a ham- hamburger. Well, if yeah, how pretentious or insane they're going to be with the rest? Because then, because I mean, that's the litmus test. So that's because that's just a hamburger. If you can't make a hamburger correctly, the rest of your menu is God knows what, right? So when I look at your mac and cheese, is there going to be macaroni? Is there going to be cheese on it? Like you say mac and cheese, and it's like soy protein non-cheese and you know i don't know i mean i don't really know how you can mess these things up but people do well and and vegan cheese still has a long way to go sure (laughs) but there's i mean there's all these things that they they should fit in a certain box Mm -hmm. and if they don't fit in the box then what are you doing with the rest of like then how have you decided that you know what else you're doing 
Like, how is your lasagna? Like, why would I try lasagna from a person who seriously can't make a hamburger? How do I know you know what lasagna? And lasagna is even more mysterious. I mean, like, it's got to have those layers. It's got to have certain things in quality. It's got to be baked in the big square thing. It's got to come out as a square thing. You start, what is it, Planet Hollywood. I was working at Planet Hollywood many years uh-huh. ago. When we had the, place, does the place exist anymore? I don't think so. I hope not. Mm. It had the uh, <laughs> the L.A. lasagna, which was, Ooh. it was, I don't really even know how these guys made it because I was never part of the prep team, but they would take the lasagna, the sheets of pasta, and basically make a lasagna, but then they would roll it up into these tubes and then bread it and flash fry it and then freeze it. And so when I, the cook, would get this order for this LA lasagna, you'd take this log and you deep fry it until it's nice and golden brown and hot, and you pull it out and you cut off the ends and you cut it on the bias and you set it up like this. And like drip, a V, like well, well like two because it's there. It's like a log was cut on a bias, right? So mm-hmm. now you have these two things like this, Got and it. like this, and you set them next to each other, and you drizzle the sauce over them. Just about as far away from lasagna as you can get. It, I'm sure it had a noodle component. I never ate the thing. <laughs> I, I didn't prepare the thing from beginning to end, so I don't know what was actually in there. If there were mushrooms, you or just deep fried the tube. I just deep fried the tube and cut the sucker in half and and sold to set it out with a with a was, we we put a little pesto over the top. Was it a popular item? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. What year was this? Oh, what year was that? That must have been '98. Huh. L.A. lasagna. So, what? What would you would you say lasagna is a type of sandwich? Again, like, definitely no. It's a baked pasta dish, and it should be. I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like you look at the menu at Planet Hollywood, and it was baffling to me that people even knew what they were going to get. Because you, it's like, oh, I'll have the, I'll have the burger. And you're like, did you read, sir? <laughs> like, did you read your menu? Because something's going to come out here that's maybe not recognizable as a hamburger to you. Or, I'll have the lasagna, certainly, sir. And then they're going to get this thing that they're going to be like, and again, this is this is 98. So this is before Yelp. This is before like the internet, mostly. Yeah, I mean, like, as we know it. Yeah. So like, yeah, people could just go and you order. And then if you are unhappy, the manager comes out and says, well, I mean, it says it on the menu, sir. So I'm sorry. Here's your bill. Like you're going to pay for what you ordered and you're going to leave. And that's going to be the end of it. And I, I gotta go back here a second. Do you did you do you eat the LA lasagna with your hands? Like I it never was a even fried. Saw, okay. It's I, breaded and fried. It looks like like a mozzarella stick yeah, that you cut stood, in half. This, it stood about a foot tall. Or do you eat it with like, a fork and knife? I, I don't. Okay, so it's big it. enough. Okay. Yeah, but no, it was sauced. Like there's not any picking okay. this thing up. No. Okay. I mean, I imagine they probably tried. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I was in the back of the house. I never saw them try and eat it. I don't. Like I said, I didn't even know what was in it. Are there any other good menu items on the uh, Hollywood, Planet Hollywood? <laughs> so many. Oh, my God. So I actually, because I was in culinary school at the time, and I cheated because I was I was, exa- I was working. I was like the only only kids in my class that had a full-time job. Like I was mm-hmm. like cooking actively. I had like three cooking jobs and going to school. And the teacher, like we were doing, it was American Regional Cuisine, and we were in the Southwest. We are doing Southwest American Regional right now, right? And I got put on salads. Like in my little group. We go mm-hmm. in these groups and we have to like come up with these things. There's like, okay, so a Southwest salad. Well, lucky for me, Planet Hollywood had a Southwest style salad on their <laughs> menus. So I didn't have to do any research. Or th- I was like, I got this. It's like one of our top selling salads. It was like... You like, knew what a Southwest salad was. You oh, had yeah. It oh, yeah. I had like red, white, and blue tortillas. And I, di- I julienne them up and I deep fry them so they're all curly and crazy. And I blackened the corn and I dressed it and I shredded the salad. Like I made... 
our sal. I made I made it from scratch, but it was spot off the menu. And <laughs> this this giant bowl, this thing that we put out hundreds of days. It was like yeah, it was a whole huge bowl. And my chef looks at this. She's like, "This is a salad." It's like, yes, yes, chef. This is this is our Southwest salad. And she's just like looking at it. She's like, "This is bigger than like two of the entrees put together." Like, who's gonna order this? This is impossible. Who's gonna order this? She starts like breaking it down, and I was just like, the whole time I'm thinking, "I'm sorry, chef, but you're wrong." Like, Hollywood, this is a top <laughs> this selling. This is this is the peak of culinary excellence right here. This is. If I had a restaurant and I only sold these horrible salads, like, I'd be doing okay. So what did you come to learn was this Southwest salad in 1998, if not for the red, white, and blue tortilla chips? And Well, the tortilla chips and the corn. Yeah, beans? Um, no. There were no beans. No, it, was just, it was just corn and lettuce. <laughs> and salad. And we are doing a salsa. Okay, salsa. We just drizzled a salsa as though it were dressing. Got it. And she was not... You did not... Yeah. She was not happy with that salad. She was not. No, she didn't. She didn't so appreciate. So, did it. you at one point learn what a Southwest salad was? I mean, what was the how? How does one study in culinary school? Do you go to like you go to a class and then they say we're going to make a Southwest salad today and then no no no, no. I mean they you, give you a book of Southwest salads. No, <laughs> they when you arrive your first day they give you a big box of knives mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of really expensive cookbooks mm. that have a lot of technical information about how to cut things how to do things what meats are what and what what is what but in the raw mm-hmm. from the ground up and your first classes are like machine and tool skills where you learn how to cut meat how to how to julienne things how to use your knives how to sharpen the knives how to clean the knives and then um so you spend all day prepping right you're you're chopping all these mm-hmm. you're learning the brunoise and you're learning the chiffonade and the, like how to do all these things and you're producing all this diced vegetable matter right and mm-hmm. so you're putting these into containers and they go into the, the refrigerator then the next level kids they don't have to do all that prep but they did using, it last year well they're yes yeah, so they're it. using what you just you made to as their base so when they're they're taking the the carrots and the celery and the onions that you just diced up, and they're making their mirepoix. They're learning right. how to make mirepoix, and then they're, they're in soup stocks and sauces. So they're learning how to make the bases of all these things. Got it. From different, yeah. So you're learning regionally how, you know, all the five mother sauces and, like, how they're basically constructed and what makes a good one and what makes a bad one and how to break a sauce and how to fix a sauce and, like, how to do all these things. So once you have your – those are basically like a palette, right? Mm-hmm. Once you learn what blue is and you learn what uh, yellow is – then you can kind of start kind of figuring out how to make green a little bit on your own. Like you can kind of figure out like maybe you like a little bit more of a yellowish green and maybe you're kind of a dark bluish green kind of guy. But you kind of like you start to learn how to play with your sauces and kind of how to, how to build your own personal palette. Yeah. So and one last thing before we go. Um, speaking of sauces, I wanted to, I know (laughs) I've just, this is, I know you got to get going soon here, Um, but, um, uh, ketchup. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me about ketchup in the kitchen? Who's in control of it? Who should be in control of it? Is it a sauce? Is it a condiment? What do, what do people expect from ketchup? And you know what are the uh, well, what are the the outliers? The the ketchup outliers that and why do they keep popping up? You know, a square, year and year again, a square is a rectangle. Yes, but a rectangle is not a square. No, it is so not. Some sauces are condiments, and some condiments are sauces, but not not all are all right. Okay. Yes, ketchup would be a sauce. It originally, actually, when it started, was a it was a fish sauce. It was fish based sauce. Um, this is like what eighteen hundreds when the first recipes when Heinz was first 
Mm-hmm. He think he got it from uh, like I think it was Chinese or Japanese immigrants, mm-hmm. um, wherever San Francisco, wherever the hell it started. I don't really know, but I know that it used to have a lot more fish based components okay. to it. And then he kind of yeah. And then I don't know if you remember um, Heinz fifty seven ketchup. Right? Yes, is ketchup. But there used to when I was a kid, there was this thing called Heinz fifty seven sauce that was kind of orangey. I don't even know if they still make it anymore. It's a flatter container, had like a flat front know. to it. But that was like a different. I think that was like an earlier thing that just wasn't quite as popular. And mm-hmm. before that, of course, was the weird fishy one. So ketchup has kind of evolved a little bit. Um, and now, what we know as ketchup, every American knows what we have known for you got decades. Got a bottle in there right now? Yes. Can we look at it. We can't. I mean, let's see. I don't know if it's Heinz, but Hunts or Heinz. Or just the generic brand works too. And they all taste relatively the same. Or oh, you got, see, Heinz Organic. See, this is why, this is my huge issue with that. Where was that? The, the place that just went out of business. Right. We don't need to use the name, but. But they, because they refused, they, they had some weird messed up ketchup that they were making or they found somewhere. And all of their or- ingredients had to be organic. And so they had this horrible, it was like really sweet. It has brown yeah. sugar and onions and it wasn't ketchup. They called it ketchup, but it wasn't ketchup. And their 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 argument was everything has to be organic. And I was like, well, they make Heinz organic ketchup that you could put that right on a hamburger and it'd be absolutely delicious. But they refused. So they, yeah, they shot themselves in the foot. So yes, ketchup is done. You don't have to change it anymore. Um, they tried to make it purple once. You remember that? I do. Yeah, that was a, that was a mistake. <laughs> Every time somebody messes, they things peak. You know, they 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 become like the hamburger, like pepperoni pizza. Like once, you know, they, they, they evolve, they evolve, like the shark, okay? You know, these things evolve for millions of years or hundreds of years or however long it takes them to get to their their peak level of performance, and you just stop. Once you start going a little, like you get to the hammerhead shark, you're like, okay, God, like, you know, just back it up a little bit. Like we were good with shark. You didn't have to keep going. So, yeah. Purple ketchup was, was the hammerhead ha- that shark. That was a hammerhead shark, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, tomato ketchup. We don't need to make it with bananas. Please don't make it with bananas. I won't eat it. It's gross. It's not right. And anybody who says, oh, it tastes just like ketchup, can't taste anything. There's something wrong with it. It's John. It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Oh,